Good morning, lovely people. Welcome to the Black Pill Radio Show. I'm your host, Mr. Tyler, and today we are talking about starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur. These are the business basics, business 101 on how to start a business. I have three beautiful panelists who I'm going to let introduce themselves. And once they introduce themselves, then we'll get right into it. Remember to share, subscribe, to like, and to promote our episode, our broadcast to your friends and family. Today we are live from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. And we go live every first and third Sunday morning of each month. So I'm going to let the ladies introduce themselves and then we'll get right into it. Hey everyone, my name is Jamila. I am from Journey to Launch. It's a personal finance platform. So I have a blog and podcast where I help teach people how to reach financial freedom. I myself am on my own journey to reach financial independence and would like to retire in six years or less. And so I'm chronicling that journey and then helping other people who want to do the same or improve their finances. Good morning. My name is Nikki Nicole, coming from live from New York City. Um, I am the CEO and founder of the Diva Speak. I'm a business and success strategist. So in other words, I teach and train and educate new aspiring entrepreneurs how to start a business from scratch, whether you have no budget, medium budget, or high budget. I am creative enough to come up with some systems so you can generate an income and not get stuck in little tiny things like I need a website before I start my business and fun things like that. Um, um, I offer digital products as well as one-on-one -on -one coaching and group coaching, and I'm on every social media platform you can think of. Good morning. My name is Trisha O'Connor. I'm the CEO and broker of Real Estate O'Connor, where we help many achieve their real estate goals. I've been doing real estate for over 18 years. I am now MWBE certified woman in minority business enterprise for New York City. And recently this week, I got the Port Authority for New York and New Jersey woman in business enterprise. All right. So we have some powerful ladies on the broadcast today, and they're going to be telling us all about how to start a business. So the first question I want to throw out to you guys, and anybody can take this, is, is it important for us to own businesses? Why should we own businesses? There's some people out there who have jobs that pay very good salaries and they might want to use their extra time to vacation or just relax rather than starting a business and dealing with accounting practices, um, taxes, possibly employees, insurance, buildings, and all this other stuff, right? They make maybe six figures and they're cool. They don't want to start a business, granted. So you guys tell them why it's important for them to start a business. This is Trisha. I, one of the reasons that I started a business is because I wanted to work for myself. I can't work for anyone else. I can't be up at nine o'clock. I can't function with two weeks of vacation. Um, and I, and, and in fact, I see that I work longer than eight hours. But another reason is because my seven year old works for my company. She's the director of hospitality. Her job is when people walk into the office, she makes everyone happy. And I tell everyone in my office every single day, none of my children will ever have to ask someone for a job. None of my children will never have to go for a job interview. They have a job already in my office for the rest of their life. Okay, do you ladies want to add to that? Um, I would say um, it's not a requirement to have a business, but I do also tell people, like, you should consider having a backup plan. You may not necessarily have to start a whole business from scratch. You have affiliate marketings where you just piggyback off for an already established business and just share, like, a link, you know, to products that you may already be purchasing and using. Or you can start maybe a network marketing company where you can just 
invest maybe five hours a week and just piggyback off um, training other people to go into a system where they can operate independently and you don't have to manually you know, be hands-on to work with them. It's just, you know, depending on what you're looking to do. But I always feel it's great to have a backup plan because you just never know what's going to happen because they could turn around and be like, oh, I'm sorry, we're going to um, retire you early and give you half your pension. And then what are you going to do? Work at McDonald's, cleaning the floors? So if we start an affiliate program or if we're sharing links, doing things like that, will we consider that a hustle or a business? Um, I consider that as a business because you still have to kind of market and promote it um, in a professional manner, not just spamming people to links like click, 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 click. You know, there's a um, proper way of doing everything in business, but um, it just comes down to education and setting up um, some form of system so that way it runs on autopilot and you just come in and kind of check in every so often, make sure things is running smoothly as opposed to having to invest hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars on lease and commercial spots and employees and taxes. It's just you share the link, you get your commission and a check, direct deposit, you keep it pushing. So Jamila, why is it important for people to start a business? So it's important. Um, so I'm in personal finance. I love teaching people about personal finance. And income is the driving force in creating wealth. And so if you are working for a company and you're receiving a steady paycheck, that's fine. But if you wanted to fast track your way to financial freedom, if you wanted to pay off debt, if you wanted to do things that benefited your family more, then entrepreneurship is a solid way to do that in addition to your job or in, in replace of it. So it all depends on how you want to go about it. But I do want to say that, you know, entrepreneurship isn't for everyone. Um, you know, not everyone's built to, to do as much work as it takes to make a business successful. So as you mentioned earlier, you know, you probably end up working more hours at a day job or at a nine to five if you become an entrepreneur. Like I think the quote or the saying is, you, you know, the entrepreneur gives up, doesn't want to work 40 hours a week for anyone else, but will work 80 hours a week for themselves mm -hmm. because it's hard. But it's rewarding um, in the same sense because you control your own schedule, you control your own time, and then you're not necessarily uh, subject to a boss that is going to fire you at any chance. But I would say then your bosses are your customers because you still have to, they can fire you. So it's still, you still have to account, be accountable to someone and to something. So just don't think that becoming entrepreneurship, you know, being an entrepreneur is easy. It's going to take work, but it's important if your goal is to not necessarily do the status quo and be like everyone else. So where do we begin? There's somebody out there who's doing here in their basement. Somebody's making fragrances and products in their house. Um, how do they turn this from a hustle into a legit business? What steps should they take first? And I'll throw that back to Jamila. Well, first, you have to understand the basics of like setting up your business. And so you have to figure out if you want to, you know, if you're going to be an LLC, sole proprietorship, like you have to understand that. So do your like proper research. But then don't get too bogged down um, before you start. Because like, I know a lot of people who, who have a talent and skill but um, think they, they get so overwhelmed by the processes that it takes to become official. Uh, so I'd like to let the other panelists speak more to like the functions of how you create a business. But I would say that research is your number one um, first step you should do. You know, if you can talk to someone who's already doing it, you know, see how, what they did, do your internet searches, go to your local libraries, your local um, business centers, because they offer a lot of small business help to people. So a lot of it is like just getting your boots on the ground and digging in and doing some more research about it. What about internship and working for somebody? Do you think that would be a good idea before they start the business 
to maybe learn the business that they want to get into? Hmm, good question. Um, internships are a good way to go. I didn't go that way because, again, at the end of the day, you still have to pay your bills. Um, so it depends on the person. Um, if you look into open a salon, obviously you want to work for another salon and um, get some insight on the behind the scenes on how to run the day-to-day operations. But um, let's say, like you mentioned earlier, if someone's starting in their basement and they want to turn this to a business, um, I would say just get in the field and just um, promote what you're doing and basically just see if it works. Do people respond? Do people buy the products? Are people asking you for more? Are you getting feedback like, oh, listen, you should do this, you should do this, or you should, you know, I'm interested in this, and you're getting more opportunities. Because if you don't test it out first to see if it's successful, it's kind of pointless to grow grow into a business because you spend all this money and you have a business and then nobody's buying the product. So I always say get in the field, see if it works, um, generate some income before you just go into the logistics of, you know, getting the license and getting the URL and the website. See if you're making money first. That's most important, period. I tell people, um, get a hundred people to try your products and give you feedback. And if you can get feedback from that and then try again with another group and do like a focus group and then just kind of work with that group and gross your products and services. And if you get a good feedback from that, then you can use one that focus group. You can use that testimony to sell your product and get more um, gigs as well as you can turn that product. And then now you can turn it to the masses because you tried it behind the scenes. It was successful. Just jumping in and be like, hey, I got a business. And it's like, I don't know what to do. Nobody knows you're in business. Nobody knows you have a product. Nobody's buying the product. It's pointless and that's where most people get stuck at they think oh it's a good idea let me just do it but don't really try it out and do the research as she mentioned um see if you're going to make money first and how much can you make so let me ask trisha a question about debt because a lot of us are in debt student debt credit card debt but we want to start businesses so would you recommend that people clear up the debt first or just go ahead and start that business and deal with the debt that they may have later. You do want to clear up your debt. You don't want to go into business with um, debt. You know, I run, um, my office was downtown Brooklyn where Hillary Clinton had her campaign office and I moved back to my community. I'm in a building by myself. I, I have a triple net lease. My rent is no joke. My bills is no joke. So you want to make sure that when you come into business, you don't have that debt over your head that, you know, you can be afloat. You can pay your rent a couple months ahead and make sure your payroll payroll is okay. Um, and, and just to just go back to the question that you had before, I've been doing this for 18 years. I worked in other real estate companies. That's what allowed me to open up my own company. So when I speak to my employees, and I have about 20 employees, I just finished having over 20 teenagers in my in my office that I was teaching real estate. I learned my mistake from the companies I worked for. I took the good and I, and I used that to formulate my business. So basically I worked at a real estate uh, law firm. I worked at another, uh, another brokered firm. I wanted to get into luxury mansion real estate, um, selling, but instead of jumping into it, I went and I worked for a broker that, that did that. So I could learn the ins and outs. And basically I was getting paid to learn what 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 I should do and what I shouldn't do. And I took all that back to come to my office and that's how I build my office. But back to your question of debt, yes, I think you should try to clear up as much as that. Opening a business is like buying a house. You don't make those payments on time, you're in trouble. Like like 
I work hard. It's very rewarding. I can go to any one of my children's school trips. I can take vacation whenever I feel like it. I can wake up and say, you know what? I'm working home from home today. But you do have bills to pay, so you have to make sure that everything is lined up and you're on top of everything. And days that I don't want to work, I still have to work. So we're talking about doing some research. We're talking about experience, internships, trial and error before you even start the business. But what about education? Should people who want to start a business get a formal education via college or trade school? Or should they just go ahead and do some internships and work for other businesses, do their own research at the library, how-tos on YouTube, and that can kind of give them the education they need or maybe a combination of both. But we know if you're going to college, with the exception of New York City, City College, which is now free, you guys are going to spend a lot of business on the education, and that could possibly put you into debt. So what would you guys recommend in terms of schooling education, traditional education versus research, internship, trial and error? It's Jamila again. I, I would say that if you have a clear idea and vision, what you want to do, and that's kind of pretty um, rare for most kids or most you know high schoolers, like they don't necessarily know what they want to do. And, but if say you did have a clear idea that you wanted to start a business, you had a love for you know, maybe cars and you want to open up your own auto shop or you want to um, be a writer, like there are different things you kind of know that you, are, that you love, right? But you need to then make sure that you are the best in your craft. So you don't necessarily need to go to a traditional college to do that. And while I would encourage anyone that wants to go to college to go in college, but be careful of that college debt, is that understand that you can be successful without a college degree. But nowadays, to me, it's almost like a college degree is like a high school diploma. Like everyone has one. So you hear a lot of times entrepreneurs that have are millionaires that have never went to college or dropped out of college and have not finished their degrees. But at the same sense, it depends on how what kind of risk taker you are. Do you want to make sure you kind of have those degrees in your back pocket just in case? Um, will those degrees formally help you network or, you know, get into positions or places that you normally wouldn't because you're, you know, alma mater at a school? So it all depends. It's very strategic and you have to really think these things through. And I would say as parents, it's our job to make sure we are having these conversations and exposing our kids um, to, this, to this thought process. And, you know, we just don't send them out and just say, figure it out on your own. We try to help them out from young to you know, understand what it's going to take to succeed and the things they need to do. So do all the ladies on the panel have college degrees? I have a degree. Um, I have a bachelor's, and then I'm pursuing to get a Ph.D., but not for the education, just to say I have a Ph.D., because you have people with that mindset that you have to have this college degree to be, I guess, accepted. So when I'm talking to people in regards to different businesses and they'll try to downplay me like, well, I have a college degree. I could be like, well, I have a PhD. Now let me show you how I'm making six figures with my business. And that just gets over that freaking objection. So for me, I have one and I'm pursuing to get a higher one, but I don't think it's important or a requirement to actually go to college. I mean, you can get associates just to test out the waters and get the basics, but you can just mainly, um, which I wish somebody told me, get a business coach and just have somebody work with you and keep you accountable on what you have to do and direct you on the right path and um, get training otherwhere, um, other places. So you make a good point. Is there a business that we can create where it's necessary for us to have a college degree in order for us to start that business? Can, can I answer your last question? Sure. I, 
I don't have a college degree. Um, I started um, and I didn't finish. I'm still a candidate for it. The only reason I want to go back is because I would like to be a real estate attorney. Um, but I teach real estate at colleges. So they found me. You know, I went and I said, you know, I don't have a degree, right? They're like, you know more than enough information and you're more than qualified. So I do. I've been teaching real estate for Medgar Evers since uh, 2009. The college that I'm, I'm a candidate for, I've t I took a break. Um, they've offered me positions to teach for them, and quite a few other schools have asked me to, to teach for them. So then you should be getting an honorary degree. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> because if you can teach at a college level, mm -hmm. then you, and you don't need a degree, and you're successful, and your students are being successful when they leave the school, then they should just give you the degree um, right off the top. You can get one of those honorary degrees, yeah. and, and you'll be fine. Most of our education, I would say, at least the way I learn, is by doing. Like, I cannot say that I can pinpoint times where I've used anything really that I've learned in college. Like, I'm sure it has placed a foundation for who I am now. There's no doubt about that. But everything that I'm doing now, you know, like, it's because I actually did it. I'm learning through a process. So I just, I think that's an excellent, like, point that, you know, you do not have to necessarily have a degree. But it, it can be helpful, but it's not necessary to be successful, especially in this day and age with social media and online marketing and the things you can do online. So so we are 20 minutes into the show, and we've given you guys a good overview of some of the steps you might want to take or some of the things you might want to think about when becoming an entrepreneur. And the scope of what we've been saying is get some experience, get some training, get some knowledge in the field that you guys want to enter into before you actually start your business. Um, so let's assume you've done that, you have this training, you have this experience, you're making some money, you did a trial and error with 100 people, and they gave you good feedback, and you're ready to actually start an LLC or a corporation or a DBA or whatever, right? So what steps would they take next to begin that process? Um, I have no experience with getting like a Business, not a business license. Everyone can should have an LLC, but I know it depends on the business you're actually starting. Um, like if you're getting a commercial spot or you're getting a real estate location, then obviously you need certain licenses and things you need to have in place. But there are other businesses where you necessarily can just get started and not have the LLC right away. And the reason that I share that because um, some people just get started brand new and still I'm unsure, kind of like the college mindset. I'm going to be an attorney and then I'm going to be a lawyer and then I'm going to be a nurse and then I'm changing degrees. You know, people nowadays still change their mind, you know. So I always tell people, if you're going to start a business, get in the ground floor, try it out for about a year and a half, see if you like it before you invest in, you know, spending that money and getting an LLC. So let's take the next step. It's a year and a half and they're ready to start the business. What steps do they take? I would say um, you need some type of legal advice, accounting advice. There are websites, they don't pay me, so I won't promote them, that where they can get help to formulate it. Uh, I, I think people should start as soon as possible. I do agree with you that they should know if they really want it before they do it. But I'm MWB certified, and you have to be MWB certified. You have to be um, incorporated for a certain amount of years before you can be MWB certified. And that's the, one of the best things for me to do. And for me to be at my age um, and have my woman in business uh, certification, I can now bid on city, New Jersey, and New York State real estate contracts. 
Um, so you want to get incorporated as soon as possible and also have all your ducks in a row because when they, when, when I had to apply, I have to give my business insurance. I have to give my passport. I have to give bank statements. So you want a tax return. So you want to start getting all that together because when you first start your business, you want to know what your goals are, where your goal is going to be in five years, where your goal is going to be in 10 years. I already have my goals for my company. I'm already going international. Like that's one of my one of my things. When I go to Jamaica, it's real estate international. I'll be going to Trinidad for real estate international. I'm taking my business and I'm preparing my children to go into to, to do that. My son is 11 months old, and I already told him he's going to go to school for international business because he's going to do the business part of my real estate company. And I know it's like you're telling your son what you ha- what he has to do. It's not that I'm telling him what he has to do. I'm prepping him at 11 months old to train him on the, on the skills and, and, and the education that he's going to need to get there. My, my, my one, my daughter who's turning two, the way she talks, you're going to prepare, I'm preparing her to become a lawyer. My daughter who's seven says she wants to be a doctor. And I said, it's okay if you become a doctor, but you're going to understand the real estate business and you're going to own the medical facilities. So I just think it's about preparation and knowing what your goals are. And as young as they are, I'm preparing their goals and will explain to them their goals. Just like me as the business owner, I'm preparing my goals 10 years down. So if you're starting your business today, write down what your goals are and where you would like to see yourself in your business five years from now, 10 years from now. So you have those things. That way, when I put in my MWB certification, I didn't get a rejection. In fact, I had the New York and New Jersey state tell me, Congratulations, we're giving it to you also. Nice. That's excellent advice. And for the parents out there, we are going to be talking about minors and teens um, who want to start businesses, who are actually doing their little side hustle, whether it be a lemonade stand or whatever, um, how to work with your children to start businesses as well, and how to train them up so that they'll be good entrepreneurs in the future. So I want to take it to Jamila. What was the process like when you started your business? It was actually a very fluid process, and so I would say that there are like two ways you can maybe start a business or decide what you want to do. You can either go to something that you that comes naturally to you, so maybe this is something that's kind of easy for you to do. It's a skill that you have that is, doesn't take much effort, and so you can turn it into something profitable, um, or it could be something that you're really passionate about, and maybe it does take a little bit more work to get up to speed to learn how to do it, but like there's two avenues, and so for me... Personal finance has always been a love of mine. Um, I've always wanted to figure out how <laughs> to become rich. And because I wasn't raised with much money, I knew from a very early age that money provided opportunities. And so because of that, I've always made decisions that have helped me on this path to becoming p- financially free. And so when I started Journey to Launch, it was really just a matter of me expressing my journey. And so then it quickly became people asking me, okay, how are you doing that? Like, can you share more of this information with me? And so I figured, you know, why not turn this into something where while I have a corporate, so I still work full time, perhaps this, this, this side thing can become one day either what I retire into, when I, you know, so when I hit my financially free independent number, I can retire into Journey to Launch full time, or I can use Journey to Launch to retire earlier because it begins making money and becoming profitable on however I decide to, you know, monetize it. And so it was a natural progression. Um, and, uh, but I've since been, um, very, uh, structured in, you know, becoming an LLC, getting a bank account, you know, looking at business attorneys to make sure everything's um, in place so that I can actually make these things that I want to happen happen. 
All right. So the key here is to consult with a lawyer and or an accountant when you guys are thinking about starting your business. You're going to have to pay for that, but that's a good thing that you want to do because you don't want to be hit with issues, legal issues later on down the road that you could have took care of in the beginning. It's important that you structure your LLC or your corporation properly when you're first starting out so that if you do end up in some insurance issues or legal issues, you're protected. It's important to protect your business and your assets. At the end of the day, even if you were to lose a lawsuit because of your negligence, um, it wouldn't affect you personally. So you wouldn't be losing your home, you wouldn't be losing your cars or money you made personally or money that you paid yourself through the business already because you're protected. So all the legal advice we keep mentioning, don't think it's going to like put a really big dent in your pockets. It's really to protect you. All right. And there's attorneys who will work with you for reasonable costs and won't try to break your pockets. But that's something you want to research. Um, there's a couple of attorneys on the Black Pill Radio website now that you guys can contact about that as well. We have a resource page up there. And on a resource page, we have the links to past guests. And these past guests are in all sorts of fields. We have people who are in the music entertainment industry, real estate industry, social justice industry. We have business owners in the hair industry. So you guys just look through the resource page. And our, two, our three ladies who are on the panel today, although one has been on the show in the past, they'll have their information up on the page as well. So you guys can contact them, follow their blogs, follow their social media pages. So you guys can be educated and brought up to speed on questions or issues that you guys might be going through that you guys need some help with. So now we're going to turn it around to teens, right? So we have teens and we have little ones who have businesses. I know in my neighborhood, um, there's some teenage kids that sell empanadas and they're selling waters and juices and they come to the local basketball game and everybody's buying these empanadas. They sell them for like a dollar. Um, so like mini empanadas. And people are going to them to get these products. Now, you do need licenses when you're selling food and stuff like that, but we know how it is when you're doing a side hustle. Um, how can we get these teens like them and the parents to work with them so that we can protect them? Say somebody eats an empanada and gets food poisoning, and they want to sue them personally. Now, you might not win a lot of money to begin with because they might not have a lot of money, but those people who are being sued and that's going against your reputation, we do want to protect that. So when we're working with teens who may have just left high school, like Jamila said, and they're not sure what to do, but they do have this little side hustle, but they don't know if it's their passion. In the meantime, we still want to protect them. And then when we have little ones like Trisha's children who are um, leaders of hospitality and, and things like that. Um, and I know, Nikki, you said your children want to be YouTube stars. How do we set this up and how do we protect our children? Any one of you could take that question. Um, I think it's important to have some type of insurance um, to protect yourself because um, there's many insurance that you can get that's not really expensive, but at least it's something to protect you. Um, yes, if something happens, they will, you know, people will want to sue people just because they sneeze wrong, you know. So you need to have something to protect yourself. And even though they are a minor, um, they can try to go after the parent, you know, and then they start messing with your income and then you want to have an attitude like, okay, well, you know, you need to stop. Um, but having some type of insurance to protect yourself if you're going to sell, I guess, food. Um, and then I would definitely with food, if you're going to sell food on the corner, like have something. Um, I'm pretty sure you can go to the library and um, 
contact other food vendors and just ask, you know, what do you do to get started? Like, how did you get started? Like, what did you do? What do you suggest? Um, asking somebody that's already experienced to kind of see where they started because everybody doesn't have like a million dollars lying around. You know, everyone started somewhere. So I'm pretty confident if you just ask somebody like, hey, what did you do? And if they're genuine to answer, that can be a good start. But if anything, you know, um, I would get at least insurance and protect yourself um, to start off with. I, I know um, I had 20 summer youth in my office this, this summer where I taught them real estate. And each one of them I interviewed by themselves. And one young man walked in and I said, what do you want to do when you get older? And I asked everyone this question. And he said he wants to have a snow cone company. So I said, okay, um, go find out the price of the snow cone, the licenses and everything. I'll go buy the snow cone. You'll do it outside my office in the name of Real Estate O'Connor. And you can practice there. Use me to, to understand the cost that it's going to take. We're going to give it for free, but you can price it and see what kind of profits you'll make. So what we learned is he does need um, a food hander license. In New York City, he'll need a food hander's license, which you can go online. You can take it online, or you can go and take the class. And then within the food hander's license, they tell you how to get the insurance. So you'd have to get that insurance. And then to sell things on New York City, you need the vendor license. So these are, so that's what I had him do. I had him, you want to do this? Go research everything and come back to me. And then, you know, I'll support it. Uh, like I said, in the name of Real Estate Okana, and you could use your numbers there and use me as a test run for your own company. Now, being that he's a teen, did he take your advice and do it? Yes, he started the whole process. He started looking up all the information. Some of the other kids came together. They said they want to go do it together. So they were working on it, yes. And if I can piggyback on what Trisha said, like that is so like amazing that you were able to give him this opportunity. And if like the, like, the important part of that story is mentorship and opportunities that like you need to seek out for your children or and encourage them to also do the same and to speak up and advocate for themselves because say he didn't have the um you know the courage to even say that's what he wanted to do or you know or you to like you know pull him in and say well I can help you let's do this and then him to have the initiative to you know con follow through with it because he could have not done anything with the things you told him to do so it's so important to seek out mentors to be a self-starter and to help initiate these conversations. So, you know, introduce yourself, introduce your children to people who maybe they, they're interested in a field, seek out people in those fields and, you know, say, can I introduce you to my child and can you talk to them about what you do? So you'll, you'll have to advocate for them, but you eventually want them to be able to advocate for themselves because you're not always going to be there to hold their hand. So you want to instill in them these, these principles to make them these kind of leaders for the future. So let's stay on teens for a minute. So I know Trisha is working with the teens through the Summer Youth Program, um, and that's how she was able to help them. I've also worked with teens throughout our Summer Youth Program at the school I work for, and that's how we help some of those teens. Um, what are you guys doing in terms of internship opportunities uh, when it comes to our youth to get them that experience that we talked about, maybe that trial and error, or maybe you're sponsoring kids? Um, are any of us doing that, or do we have plans to do that? Um, I know, years, I'm not years ago. Um, I know early when I was in college, um, I had the thought, and I reached out to different campuses about this, um, in doing a workshop and teaching, you know, people that's in college and those that's about to graduate high school, you know, like actual life skills and kind of business skills, like things that we don't know learn in school is like money management, 
time management, how to balance, you know, going to work, going to school, and doing something else, raising a family, you know, and things like that. Because I know when I was in school, I was like, nobody told me how to manage my schedule or how to manage this, you know, I was making like $800 a week, so nobody told me how to manage that, you know. So I had that mindset of, okay, let's put together some type of program or training or something just to educate people on what to do and how to do and put together like live workshops where we're actually doing these things like you bring your schedule we give you a calendar and we'll step by step show you how to do it rather than you sit there and you stare at me like a zombie and I'm just talking I want it to be like live interactive so you can develop the um the muscle memory and then actually start thinking like okay I need to you know maybe I need to rearrange my schedule here because I don't realistically have enough time to do you know go to school and go to a party at the same time because I did summer school I did summer night school I was working two jobs um in high school I went to day some day school afternoon school, night school, went to parties every weekend, was a step team, dance team, chill team, you know, it had a social life, you know, but again, I was born with that detail-oriented mindset, so I had to figure it out on paper, and I had like, you know, chalkboards and vision boards of tracking sheets everywhere so I can keep track, but again, nobody taught me this. This is something I had to figure out, and um, I think it's important to instill these skill sets early on rather than wait till you're 21, you're 20, now you got a kid, and you're like, oh my God, how am I going to raise a kid and finish my degree, you know, and, and you have to drop out of school, you know, all that fun stuff. So when you were in high school, did you have any business training, any business courses in high school? No. Did any of you guys have any business no. training in high school? No. All right, so I know when I went to high school, I did have accounting courses and we did have business courses, mm-hmm. but that was a Catholic high school. So I don't know what we're doing in our public I went to a Catholic high school. And you didn't have it either? No. She came to mind, but it was, all, <laughs> it was all boys at the time, but now they have girls. But I know there's some high schools for like business and finance, you know, specialized high schools. But just in general, I think our schools, even at a junior high school level, should be teaching young boys and girls about money and money management. It's not really that important to learn about Plymouth Rock mm-hmm. and different history like that when we should be learning about real estate, the, land ownership. A lot of the department education schools do have um, some. So I'm a vendor. Um, I'm a I'm approved vendor. So I'm working on getting into department education, which I've already gone to, but I'm I've been doing it. Uh, for free. I can get paid to do it as a vendor license. So they do. The Department of Education schools have a lot of financial literacy programs that come in there um, maybe twice a week or whatever. I'm going to be going in there as real estate because a lot of people don't understand that. But a lot of the programs do have that. One thing that I do with my teens is you have to set goals. Like everything has to be goals and plans. And like you said, visions. That's what's important. This past Friday, I took uh, a couple of my um, girls and my my daughter to Stony Brook University to take a tour of it. That's part of their plan, their goals. And even though I don't have my degree or as yet, um, this is something I'm putting in front of them that what are your goals? Uh, also, um, if there are people in my 20 summer youth that I had, when I ask them what is it they want to do, I have a huge network. So I put them in contact with people who do those professions that they can sit down with or even give them internships so they can follow them around and be their mentors. So I think all of that is important so they can understand what is it that they're really getting into. So when we talk about business education, money education in the school system, I'm referring to it being a mandatory everyday class. 
like I don't want it to be like gym class. I don't want it to be like some schools have it and some schools don't. I'm talking permanently. The kids really need to learn about money because that's what makes the world go round and they're not getting that education. And it's really important that they get it. You can get a car loan, you can get a student loan, you can get a loan for a house, which is going to put you in debt. But when you want to get that business loan, which is going to create wealth, it's a problem. And these kids need to start learning about that at a junior high school level in every class, every school year. Right. So because I'm in personal finance, like this is definitely a topic of like at my heart because it's one of the things where there's so many people because it's not mandatory um, thing. It's not a mandatory class where it should be. Like you said, like money is the root, not of evil. You know, it's like the money is the root of like opportunities. If you don't have it, if you don't know how to manage it, like you're sending kids off and they're getting like into credit card debt, student loan debt. And then so when they do graduate from school and they want to maybe start a business, you know, they feel like they're already in a deep hole and don't really see a way to do that, like without getting more in debt. So while, and while there are ways to start businesses without going deep into debt, which is like another like conversation, it is really important that, you know, we do that now as parents not, we can't then depend on the school system because if the school system is not adequately providing that information, we then need to step in provide it. And what I notice a lot, especially in personal finances, the parents don't know. So it does start from teaching the parents and then having them and teaching them how to teach their children. And then you break that cycle. So now these children are raised up to understand this better. So yeah, that's very important. So if the children understand it, when they become parents, they'll be able to teach it to their their kids, um, which is something we need. So we've been talking about mentorship, internship, trial and error, getting an education, becoming debt-free, doing research, seeking legal advice, seeking accounting business advice. Um, But let's get into the social media aspect because social media is here. It's not going anywhere. And it's very important. And people are becoming millionaires through social media platforms. And that's part of the business now. So when we start creating a business or we're thinking about creating a business, how does social media play a part in that? Or does it? Um, I would say if you're not on social media, you're missing out on a lot of money because number one, it's free and that's free advertising, period. You don't have to pay nothing to make an account. You don't have to really, you know, pay money to have a profile. You just create it, download the app, and then you just go. Now there are correct ways to promoting and then there's incorrect ways. And that's where knowledge is key. You have to get education on how to market, period. And I tell a lot of people, especially my clients, like don't focus exclusively on social media. It should be like an add-on bonus on top of whatever you're already doing. Um, unless you have an exclusive online business and you sell digital products, you know, then that's a different conversation. But um, I think it's very important that everyone utilize social media. I mean, if think about it. Like look at Zumba. Look at, you know, Fab Look at all these big names. They all are on social media. And for me, something that Tony Robbins always say is like copy some somebody that's already successful. And it's like, well, if the big names are doing it, why not you? So all of us are on social media, right? Yes. How important is social media to your business? Would you say it's 50 percent, less than 50 percent or more than 50 percent in terms of promoting what you do? And by promoting it through social media, it's bringing in business. I, I get a lot of business too. You know, a lot of people inbox me um, from, you know, my, my posts. Um, I'm very strategic. I never used to post my children. And then I started. I, I, I never used to. I would never show their face. But then I started. Uh, and, and But I'm very strategic. I don't just post just to post. If I post something, 
there's a thought behind it and I'll tell you the responses I get are exactly the responses that I want to get. I get people who inbox me. I get people who may not even like my page, who will see me in the street and say that they follow me and they see me and I know they've never liked anything. Or they'll say, Trisha, you know, I've seen you and I do need your help in the real estate service or I need to come by your office or they just pop up that I've never seen liked anything. So people do follow, but you, I just think, I took a training, sorry, I took a training on social media many years ago when I was doing um, a fellowship. It's very important that before you start social media that you understand what it is, you understand the power of it, you understand the danger of it, and you understand how to benefit from it. Because when you put stuff on, it can stay on forever, it could be used against you in the wrong way, but it could also help your business. So you have to really understand the value of it before you do it. All right. Any ladies, any of you two ladies want to add to how social media has helped your business? Yeah. So for me, I, I've grown my social media presence and I understand that it's a big part of uh, my reach and reaching more people. And I understand that. And at first I was very hesitant to put like my face out there and to be more in the forefront. And I've since like let loose of that a little bit and started posting more of myself because I do think it helps when you are, you can be relatable, when people can see that face behind whatever product or service you are um, selling. But I'd say that, um, so with the business part of it, you know, it doesn't have to be a brick and mortar business. A lot of people are making money through digital products. And so if you are in the digital media or digital products aspects, then social media is important if you, you know, to sell to people online or to get your product or platform to the people you want to get it to. So I believe it's very important, but then just don't get caught up in the glam of social media because you can have 10,000 followers and not really be making any money or reaching any goals because you just have 10,000 followers. You still have to be doing the work behind it. You still have to be understanding that, all right, I'm going to be a presence on social media and you don't have to necessarily be on everything. You know, pick a couple that go where your audience is. So depending on what your audience is, where they like to hang out, whether that's Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, understand that first. You know, build a platform on that platform so you can reach them. But then on the side, you still need to actually do the work. It's not just good enough to post a nice picture. You got to do that back work too. Do you feel do you feel that businesses should be on every platform? I like being. I'm on most platforms, and you know, but I'm not necessarily active in all of them. You know, I just like to have my name at least, so I can say you can find me at Journey to Launch across all platforms. But it doesn't mean I'm like on it every day. But I do think it's important to be on as many as possible, but you don't need to be perfect in each one because sometimes, you know, you find that you interact better on, you know, Instagram with people or Facebook. So if you're going to be on everything, that's fine, but maybe pick one or two that you're going to focus on and use that to grow your business. So people who are just tuning in, we're talking about starting a business and becoming an entrepreneur and there's steps and it's one-on-one. So we're talking about the steps you need to take before you even begin the process to start your business, social media being one of those steps. Social media, if you look at Amazon, Apple, like they're just dominating uh, YouTube, Google in general, Facebook, Twitter. They dominate the information, the promotion, the ads, the business platforms that are out there, right? So you want to be a part of that so you can make your money selling your products and services as well as promote what you have to offer. People can easily find you through social media. They won't know about your store unless they live in your neighborhood, but if you're on social media promoting it, now people have access to your store, and then obviously with mail services and shipping, people can reach you from all over the world, so it's important that you perform on a social media platform 
intelligently, as Trisha said, because there's a lot of pitfalls to social media as well. So there's this theory that do you need a website or are you okay with just using social media platforms? So should people have websites for their businesses or not necessarily they can just work with social media platforms and not have their own website? How do you guys feel about that? Um, I can share because I'm on both sides of the spectrum. Um, it depends on the business, and that's just what it is. Um, it depends because I know I have a business where I sell training manuals to different reps and different companies, and I only have a Square account and a Facebook page, and I did $30,000 in sales exclusively. That's it. No website, no URL, no business email, just straight online. They order it, they ship it out. I engage with them on my Facebook page. You know, I have a Facebook group. I teach them, I train them, I educate them, and then I you know, add them to my mailing list, and then they go through an email sequence where they buy products. Then on the flip side, I also have my fitness company in New York City. So I teach like hip hop twerk classes. Um, and that one, I had to have a website so people can, you know, see the different services I provide. Because this one, I offered physical group classes. I did, you know, on-site events as well as I sell digital tutorials. So they needed to be able to go to the website to get information about the services I offer. So like I said, it depends on the, the business if a website is important for you. So let me ask you a question. So for the first example, you said you didn't need a website. Um, if you sell it directly through your website, you can cut out the middleman and make more money, right? Well, I use Square, so there is no middleman. It's me. So they take a profit? Yeah. All right, so you cut so that you, profit out. So I still out. have to take, you still have to use some type of credit card merchant account. So regardless, however way you try it, you still got to pay for that processing fee for the credit card um, payments. So what happens if that social media platform Disappears. I have my e I have the email list and I have the list for the people who purchased. So I have their information and then I have my email list. So then I have their information. And then with the Facebook group, nowadays with Facebook, you can require people to ask questions. So I make it important that they ask questions, provide their contact, and I have that in an Excel sheet. So I have their information backed up. So God forbid social media disappears, I still got my email list. Okay. I don't think social media will ever disappear, <laughs> but we know that certain platforms like uh, MySpace will close. Yeah. And if you're strictly through MySpace and you didn't have a website, personally, I think you should have a website so people know that's the home base to mm -hmm. go to so they can find your next social media platform or where you're going to be. If you didn't have that website, and I know you said you got extensive backups, but if you didn't have that, then you would lose all these customers. They wouldn't know where to find you unless your name stayed consistent, but I see on social media pages, people have a bunch of different names for their businesses, and it's not sometimes, exclusive. Sometimes it's just easier. Like my website, my personal website is being worked on. My resume is huge, so it's like I need all that one place. You know, I, I have um, my company. I, I go across the country speaking on real estate, educating on real estate, um, my company, my agents, we do workshops for Atlantic Terminal, for many of the city unions, for um, a lot of the, the, the workers. So if everything is just one place where people would, you know, when they want to hire my company or contract my company to do home buying workshops for their organization, you want a resume, a profile, or a media kit. It's just easier to just say, okay, go to the site. Everything is there. And it just makes it easier on the back end for me instead of having someone to update it and send out a resume or send out a bio and all of that. So how do you handle it, Jamila? 
handle the contact, the people contacting me? Well, well, handle your business in terms of your social media platforms. Do you have a website that's a home base and then yeah. people branch out? Or do you just focus on social media with no home base? No. So I have definitely a home base. I have a website, you know, that directs people that you, it's a platform, it's the base that shows what I do, um, what I'm teaching, where you can find me. And then my social media accounts lead all back to that. But the most important thing is capturing the email address because you're, like you, you said, you, the social media account can go down, they can pull it, they can, you know, you can get hacked. There's so many things that can happen. So while it's a good source of uh, leads, it's the, the most important thing is to move those people from the social media account, if they're following you or they like your stuff, to your email account. Um, so that way, at least you have their email address. So I try, like, you know, I have a newsletter that I send out. I have, like, free opt-ins, some, like, resources that people want to have. So they'll give me their email address. And, it you know, it makes it a win-win situation for both of us. So that way they know kind of, like, what's going on with Journey to Launch. And then I have their information just in case, you know, I need to reach out to them or, you know, let them know what's going on. So we know YouTube is doing a lot of censorship. So people who have kind of business or services that they rely on video platforms, uh, maybe they're doing how-tos. Um, and your how-to can be considered controversial on YouTube's uh, platform. They can just take your page down. And then you just lost your platform. Now, if you had your own personal website, um, people can still follow you. Especially if you had a following, they'll just go to your website and follow you. Um, you can still do ads through your website. You don't even though YouTube is stronger, you don't necessarily have to stick to it. So just keep that in mind because, you know, when we talk about starting businesses, there's all different types of businesses out there that you guys might want to be involved in. Um, we know Trish is dealing with a brick-and-mortar business, um, so she can speak to insurance and, and that kind of thing, property taxes and whatnot, renting versus owning. Um, so Trish is the person to contact off of our resource page if you want to get more information on that. We have 10 minutes left on the broadcast, so I want you guys to promote your services and what you guys do in context to keeping it business one-on-one um, and how you can encourage people to compete with you and do with you do. Like, what steps can they take to be the next you? Um, I would say um, be yourself. Um, definitely be yourself. Get out of the fear, not get out of the fear, work through the fear of starting and work on faith. Um, many people have that fear of starting a business because they think I'll grow it and it'll be somebody will take it over or somebody will hack it or somebody will take my idea and run with it. And I always encourage people like just get started and just do it and just be yourself because people connect with you. You know, people connect, with, regardless what products you offer you and you provide. If you're authentic, you give value, and you're relatable and likable. People are going to follow you, you know, regardless. Like, look at the social media influencer now. Like, they could say, you know, buy this water, and they'll be like, oh, I'm going to buy it because she says so. You know, there's diehard fans because they relate to you. So be yourself um, and just connect with people and just deliver your products that works best for you and your personality because at the end of the day, whoever relates to you is going to stick with you. Nobody can be you, and um, you're always going to have the skills. So even if you lose the business or it didn't work out or, you know, somebody took, took it over, 
you still have the skill sets and nobody can take those skills from you. So you can always take that skill set, grow from it and rebuild. So, and that's the fear that people have. So work, work through the faith. Um, just be yourself, be authentic. Um, people will connect with you and just know you're always going to have the skill set. No one can ever take that from you. And that's a good point. Cause once you have the skill set, even if your business fails, you can still go work for another company for a few years, get yourself back on your feet and then branch out again, do a rebranding and, and that would be a good process for you to, to work through uh, when things don't work out the first time. Because we know a lot of businesses don't succeed in general, and a lot of businesses fail on the first try, especially if you're doing businesses like fashion design, clothing companies, um, restaurants, things like that. There's a high turnover rate, a high failure rate with that. So just keep that in mind that it's not the end of the world if your business doesn't work out. You can always rebrand. We have a bunch of authors on the resource page on blackpillradio.com. Um, even to the authors, if your first book doesn't sell very well, doesn't mean you stop being an author. You still have the skill set. You still have that next idea, that next story. Write the next book. Do a better job of hopefully promoting the book. And then sales would be hopefully better. And then it could lead to sales for your past work as well. So don't ever give up on your dreams of being an entrepreneur. And I'm going to throw it to Tricia. If the person out there wants to get into real estate and they want to own their own real estate office. But before they can take that big step, what do they need to do first? They have to become licensed. They have to do um, the real estate course and take the, take the exam with the school, take an exam with the state, find a broker. And you have to work for two years under a broker. When I started, it was, it was only a year, but now it's two years. And gain that experience, make some sales, make some rentals, and uh, see, see the way the business goes. Um, statistics show 95% of the people who get into real estate this year will not be in it next year. And I've been doing it for 18 years. So, you know, the money doesn't come easy and it doesn't come quick, but when it comes, it comes pretty big. So you have to be passionate about it. You have to stick to it. I haven't had a nine to five in year, over 18 years. Um, and then learn the ins and outs from someone else. I, there's not many people in the real estate industry, unfortunately, that I look up to. Probably the only person that I, I really admire is uh, the person who trained me, um, and he has passed on, and Valerie Jarrett, who is President Obama's uh, senior advisor, who's in the real estate business um, as, a, as a black woman. A lot of people don't know that. So there's not many people that, other than that that I can look up to, but just when you work with a broker, try to learn as much as you can from the broker. Uh, and I'm always hiring, so real estate O'Connor, look me up. <laughs> so I yes, want to ask Miss O'Connor a tough question. Um, you teach at a college, but yet you didn't go to college. I did. I just didn't finish or finishes yet. Okay. So let's rephrase that. So you haven't okay. finished college, but you do teach at college. Mm -hmm. um, but you are an example that you don't need to go to college to be successful in the real estate industry. So people who are saying, should I go to college and take some real estate courses or should I just get in the field and start working? What honest advice would you give I don't give like to, to say you don't need to because I encourage all my girls to, to go to college. I, I, I feel that if I had finished or finished already, I would have been a real estate attorney, which, which is something that, you know, I, I'm, I'm looking to get forward to do. Um, what I did is even though I didn't finish, if you come into my office, I have hundreds of books. I self-taught myself. I literally went... And, and went on eBay and found books that were written 
in you know the early 1900s on real estate and was reading those because real estate's been around forever and it will be around forever. I went into Barnes and Nobles. I went into all these different stores and just taught myself. Read books cover to cover. So a lot of the real estate that I know was either self-taught or when I went into the field and I and I gained experience. And if I made a mistake, I came back and I read a whole book on it. So. Yes, I may not have, but you know what? Even when I was in school, I went to school for real estate. I went to, when I decided to, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go, I went for real estate. And I was on top of my class. My, my peers in my class could not compete with me with the information because I had information that was deeper than the textbook we were learning from. And I had information that I, I, I physically experienced. So if you're not going to go, you have to find another way to pick up that information and, and keep pushing. Okay. And I want to take it to Jamila. Jamila, you work a nine to five, I guess I said traditional job, but you also run a business. So the people out there who are working a nine to five and running a business, what advice do you have for them? I would say try to create a balance, but they're really, it's hard. You know, um, it's going to take a lot of work because you're working and you're putting some energy into a nine to five, but then you're going to go home and then possibly work um, from then now seven to 12 or seven to two in the morning. And if you have kids, you can add that into the mix, you know, so it's not an easy task to undertake, but for me, it's well worth. um, So with starting a business, you should always lead with service. Like, what are you doing to help your customer? It shouldn't, like, for me, it's not about necessarily making money. I want to, like, make an impact on this world. And the byproduct of that, hopefully, like, I would get paid for that. But I'm leading with service. And so when you think about, like, starting a business and you think about why you're doing it, it has to be, like, from that point. So even if you are not um, reaching, you know, a whole bunch of people at first, but you are helping someone, you are seeing, you know, your products or your services or your platform growing and reaching more people, you can use that as your measuring point for success. Because what's going to happen is it's going to take, you know, maybe a long time for you to, you know, turn a profit or to see the kind of growth you want to see. So just be patient with it because you don't have all day and all night to work on it if you have a job. So you have to figure out then now, all right, how can I be realistic about my expectations on where this can go? So you personally, how much time do you devote to your your business? So I have two little kids and um, a crazy commute. And so I would say that it's really at night. Once they go to bed, they're sleeping by 7 and eight or 8 o'clock. And so from 8 to whenever I'm done, I'm working on it. And then, you know, repeat. And, you know, when nap times on the weekends or, you know, weekend nights. So it's, it's, it's a lot of work. But um, I find it definitely, um, you know, it's worth it. And to those who have a spouse... How does that work out when you work a nine to five, you come home, you're taking care of the kids, and then when the kids are finally asleep, now it's like my time to work <laughs> on a business, but there's a man or a person there who expects that to be your time. How does that work out? Uh, it's funny because I, f- I feel like it's, a, it's definitely a dance that my husband and I do. I definitely try to make time. 90 seconds. To make sure that we are together. Um, you know, we have that connection still. Um, I also feel like he is such a great support system. So he understands, like, I'm like, listen, I'm trying to, like, make us, I'm trying to, like, build us something. Like, I'm trying to, like, have my kids one day work for my company or, you know, not have to ever have to work. So, therefore, like, he understands that, like, that that process. And while sometimes I'm sure he, like, he'd rather me just be next to him watching TV, like, he understands, like, what it takes for me to be able to, like, make this a, a success. 
All right. Sounds wonderful. So, guys, this is Business 101, starting a business, thinking about becoming an entrepreneur. We gave you a lot of advice, a lot of preparation advice before you actually start the business. And when you're ready to start the business, our panel recommends that you seek legal advice and business accounting advice before you actually do it. But be prepared. Do your research. Do some internships. Work a little bit. Try to earn some income. Work with some focus groups, get some feedback on the business, the products and services that you guys are offering and see how that works out for you. Again, this is Black Pill Radio. I thank you guys for listening in. We are on live every Saturday. I'm sorry, every Sunday morning, the first Sunday and the third Sunday morning of each month. We'll be back next month. So make sure you guys tune in and check out our resource page on the resource page. We have a lot of information from our past guests and we want you guys to support them and support black businesses. Until next time, peace.